Friday edition of Smith and Jones, final edition of Smith and Jones, right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan Eric Smith, Paul Jones, with you, and what a wild last uh, what 16, 18 hours it has been. If we rewind the clock back to last night, the Toronto Raptors right around what eight, ten, eight, fifteen ish with the number four pick. Jalen Suggs is on the board, and the Toronto Raptors don't go with Jalen Suggs. Scotty Barnes, the newest Toronto Raptor, and uh, we heard from him last night. We heard from him on a press conference today. I had a chance to chat with Nick Nurse, and we're going to play that interview for you on today's show. So I'll go one-on-one with the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, and we will break down the Scotty Barnes acquisition and much more from last night. Cade Cunningham going number one in the NBA draft when Alvin Williams joins us in around 10 or 15 minutes. But we have breaking news that has happened in the last 20 or 30 minutes, as it is also the Major League Baseball trade deadline day, and let's call it the home opener. I know they've had two different home openers, one down in Florida, one in Buffalo, and now a third in Toronto. But for the first time in nearly 700 days, 670 to be exact, the Toronto Blue Jays are back home in Toronto at Rogers Center on trade deadline day, and Jose Barrios is now the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays. The Jays striking a deal with the Minnesota Twins, and they gave up a lot to get him, but the two-time All-Star is now a member of the Jays as Toronto pushes towards the postseason, and to break it all down, right off the bat, Jonesy, we bring into the conversation baseball editor at Sportsnet.ca, co-host of the At The Letters podcast, Ben Nicholson-Smith. Ben, thanks again for joining us this week, second time, but understandably so because it's such a big day, and this is a big-time deal for the Jays, but as I said, quite a haul that they had to give up to get Barrios as well. Man, what a deal. This is a real baseball trade that we're talking about here where the Jays get a frontline pitcher and they send two top prospects back. I mean, it's honestly uh, a bit of a surprise to me that they paid such a high price for Barrios, but he's a transformative pitcher for their rotation. And for now, for the postseason, if they make it for 2022, he makes their rotation a lot better. Ben, why why are you surprised in that sense? I, I mean, you, like we always say, you got to give up something to get something. D- did you think that they weren't, uh, you know, weren't ready to have him now? Be- I mean, some guys you get at a time when you're ready to win. Is this not the? I mean, he's a great pitcher, but is this not the right time for him? You, it it, it seems like it it caught you, but it, it's it's a big deal and it's a good deal uh, if you're looking at winning. A hundred percent. They're a better team with him. And the reason that surprises me is because the cost is high. And so given where the Jays are with 51 wins and, you know, in that competition for a wild card berth, what I thought was we were going to see more of these rental type trades where the cost is a bit lower and you improve your team, but you don't necessarily improve it dramatically. And what they've done is they have made their team a lot better. Now they've also helped themselves out for next year. And in doing so, They've paid a very high price. Austin Martin is someone who is considered a top prospect in baseball, very good bat-to-ball skills, likely a very high degree of certainty that he'll be a major league regular at some point, if not better than that. And then you're talking about Woods Richardson, a pitcher who struggled this year, but who, again, is considered a very good prospect. So get more, and in this case, they gave up a lot, and they got a lot. Speaking with Ben Nicholson-Smith, baseball editor, Sportsnet.ca. Ben, you, you might have just answered my question 20 seconds ago. Did they give up too much? As good as Barrios is, is he worth the haul that the Jays gave up? 
Well, a lot of that will will be determined by where he can lead them. If they can make it to the playoffs this season, then it's almost impossible to to hate on this deal because you have a playoff run in 2021, and then at that point, you've also got 2022 to play with, and you're feeling pretty good about it. If, on the other hand, Rios is someone who pitches well for them, but they don't make it to the playoffs, then you start looking at 2022 as a year where you kind of need to see him realize uh, some of that potential. So, you know, in talking to people around the game uh, so far, just in the last hour or so, some people are saying that's a really high price to pay. But look, this is a front office that, that sometimes has been criticized for being too conservative. And what we've seen in 2021 is anything but that when you think about adding George Springer and Marcus Semien and now Jose Brios, this team is a lot better because of those moves. Hey, Ben, I'm, I'm of the school that uh, at some point the future morphs into the present. I mean, you know, it's nice to build for the future, but at some, times, at some point you've got to recognize that. Uh, is this too early? I, I, I was kind of hinting at this earlier. Is it too early in the timetable? And then um, what does it say to the rest of the guys in the clubhouse? Because we talked to, I think we talked to Buck about this a while back, Eric and I, that um, it says something to those guys in the clubhouse too when you make a deal of this magnitude, doesn't it? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, it's kind of nice actually being here and we'll get to get some in-person reaction uh, today. You might hear the background noise from Rogers Center where I am right now. And those players are starting to arrive and some of them come across the field. We haven't spoken to them yet, but we'll have the chance to do that. And there's no question that this message to the entire organization from the players to the ticket takers is this is the time to win. The time to win is right now. There's no ambiguity about it. There's no hedging of bets. And it's not to say they're going all in and being reckless about it, because, again, Barrios does have control. But they're saying this is a good team. And I really think, I mean, th- this team is underperformed. I think they're a very good baseball team. Even without Barrios, I think they're a very good team. But the reality is, you know, they, the record doesn't reflect that just yet because they've blown those losses and they've had the frustrating um, bullpen issues at times. So, now they're going to have to have one of those runs to finish this year really strong, and clearly they believe that's possible with this group. Speaking with Ben Nicholson-Smith, uh, Ben, I was going to make note of the fact that you're either standing on a subway platform or you're at Rogers Center, so it's great to hear the noise <laughs> yeah. in the background. Yes, so, so that's, yes. It's, it's, it's the sounds of summer finally coming, even though we're halfway through summer, but it's nice to, to hear it in the background. Tell me if I'm wrong for breaking it down this way as we continue to sort of look at this trade and why it makes sense for the Jays. And it's, it's clear when you, know, when you get, at least for now, we don't know what it will be like three years from now, five years from now, but for now you're getting the best player in the deal, a player that is obviously in the majors now, making an impact now, a two-time All-Star. Are you, if you're the Jays, willing to make this move? And maybe if you follow my my very basic, very amateur line of thinking here, we're willing to give up Woods Richardson because well, we might be replacing him with a better arm in Barrios. And you know what? Considering where we stand up the middle on this team and with our infield depth overall, not just on our current roster, but in terms of you know, other prospects and whatnot, as good as Austin Martin is, we're, we can afford to give him up in a sense. So it, from, from that point, standpoint, are you dealing from a position of strength in your depth to acquire exactly what you need right now? You know, I, I think that's a fair way to frame it, right? Because they definitely do have a lot of young position players coming up. And even after trading Austin Martin, first rounder last year, of course, they still have Kevin Smith, who's having a great year at AAA. They've got... Aurelvis Martinez, who's emerging 
and A-ball is just a huge prospect. Jordan Groshans, another top 100 prospect. And all those guys play up the middle. So that's to go along with Bo Bichette, of course, um, at the major league level. So you do have some strength there, and there's a reasonable case to be made from dealing from that strength. Of course, you've got to pick the right player, and you've got to have a really good internal sense of what it is that you're giving up. Because if you think that Austin Martin is Alex Bregman in two years, you can't make this deal. Like, you you absolutely can't. But it says to me that they don't think he's Alex Bregman. And they're not going to say that publicly. But, you know, so much of it comes down to those internal evaluations. And they've had the chance to, to know Simeon Woods-Richardson now for two years and Austin Martin for one full year since drafting him. Ben, is this also a shift in, in thinking to – to kind of shore up or try to help a bullpen, you get another arm that can go that can go deep uh, into the game and maybe try to take some of the strain off the bullpen that's had issues. Um, you know, heck, we're just going to ride the horse and 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 see if this guy can give us six, seven innings before we, we you know, we have to get to the bullpen. I think it's a good point, and you know, so often we we put it all on the bullpen, and you know, the bullpen has let this team down. Well. If the starting rotation is going out there and giving you six or seven innings, the bullpen is in a much better spot. And with guys like Barrios and Robbie Ray and Ryu, Manoa about to come back, this rotation is starting to look pretty good for 2021. And that can take some of the toll off of the bullpen, which, of course, they augmented with Brad Hand. Wouldn't be surprised if they make another move in the next three hours here for the bullpen or even for a position player. They're definitely not done talking and making those calls. Um, but I think it's a very good point to connect those things and say, that, hey, you improved the rotation. That actually takes some of the toll off of the bullpen as well. Speaking with Ben Nicholson-Smith, Ben, I don't know if I've ever asked, you know, well, you certainly or, or Shy or Buck or Pat this question, but let me use the, uh, the the basketball analogy and go back to the Raptors a couple of seasons ago and load management, Kawhi Leonard and everything else and minutes restrictions that we always hear about uh, with players and whether that's coming from the training staff and the medical staff or is that the coach's decision, is it management? How much of the decision-making regarding whether you're keeping a starter deep into the game, whether it's the sixth inning, seventh inning, the eighth inning, going above the 100 pitches, 110 pitches, how much of that is solely on Charlie Montoyo and how much is coming from either the training staff, the management, etc.? Is it solely his call or or are we talking about a a hierarchy of decision makers and, and, and input coming in even before the first pitch is thrown? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of input, and he's the guy who makes the call. And of course, with that comes uh, you know the criticism that goes with any managerial or coaching decision. But the front office definitely has a say. P. Walker, the pitching coach, definitely has a say. Um, and you know, within that, you're taking into account training staff and and of course what the player himself says. So you know, at this point in the season, though, it's really getting interesting because with someone like Ryu, he likes his extra rest. With Barrios, they didn't acquire him to, you know, to, to micromanage his workload and to, you know, plan five years in advance. I'm not saying they're going to grind him into the ground, but, you know, we might see one of those situations where they let him work through a lineup three times and where they let him work out of trouble a little bit because he was brought here to be, if not an ace, a frontline co-ace with Ryu and with Robbie Ray and they're going to need those guys, especially in a stretch of 25 games in 24 days. They're going to need those guys to take on a pretty big load. 
Ben, last one for you here. You touched on it briefly a couple of minutes ago, but I'll just ask more directly. Do you anticipate or expect anything else here in the next few hours, or do you think this could be it for the Jays? I do. I think I think we're going to see another trade. I'm not sure um, you know, whether we see two more, but I think we see one more trade in the next couple of hours, and there are still needs. They could still add a reliever. They could still add, I'm told they're interested in Jan Gomes, so they're looking at catching. Uh, and, and also you've got a, a bat, you know, like an outfielder would be a possibility for this team. We know they had interest in Joey Gallo. So, you know, it's, it's going to be super interesting, and I don't think we're done yet today, guys, so it should be a lot of fun to follow. Well, Ben, thanks for jumping on right Great. off the top to break it down for us and simply enjoy the game tonight and finally seeing this team back home uh, on, their, on their real home turf as they get set for uh, KC tonight at 7 o'clock. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, anytime. It should be great, guys. I can't wait to watch a baseball game, and, and trade deadline makes it even more interesting. So my pleasure, and, and enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Ben. There is Ben Nicholson-Smith, baseball editor at Sportsnet.ca, co-host of the At The Letters podcast, Jays and Royals, tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern, of course, right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet, Sportsnet Now, and it'll be great to hear Ben Wagner back on the mic in the radio booth tonight for the call of the game with the Royals and Jays as Toronto pulls off a big-time deal on Major League Baseball trade deadline day, which comes one day after, of course, the NBA draft, which went last night, Cade Cunningham going number one to the Detroit Pistons and the Toronto Raptors with the fourth pick, takes Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. A surprise for a lot of folks, but the Raptors certainly excited about this guy. He clearly was their guy as uh, many people thought that uh, the Raptors might go the way of Jalen Suggs, who ends up going to Orlando instead at number five. And Scotty Barnes, 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", a 7'3", wingspan. Uh, I saw a video, uh, Jonesy, that the Raptors put out today, and our, our guy Johnny Lee, uh, one of the Raptor trainers and strength and conditioning guys, was measuring the the uh, the hands and the, the, the fingers, the, the, the you know, the what, what's the official term, I guess, just his, his, his hand width. Yeah, like the 40, metrics, right? The, the, Forty-five the, uh, inches or something. It was like yeah. it was crazy. It was like it was an un- ridiculous number. Ridiculous. Anyways, we bring into the conversation to break down Scotty Barnes and last night and much more. Our friend, our colleague, former Toronto Raptor, NBA analyst at Sportsnet, Alvin Williams. Alvin, thanks as always for the time. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. All hey, good, Al. Al. Good, good to hear you, good man. To have you on. Good to have you on, man. Hey, yeah. Al. Um, were you surprised last night, or, or, or you know, like, were, did you have a, a, an inkling that the Raptors might lean this way? What, what were your initial thoughts? No surprises at all. Like, it's the draft, and the way the draft is conducted now, and the different, the different pieces of the draft, where it comes to sports science, it comes to the metrics, it comes to the analytics, it's not just the eye test any longer. So the things that we normally look at, we can watch a whole college season. We can watch a player play for a whole season or two years and just never know what goes on behind the scenes. So it's no surprises. But, you know, not knowing much about Scotty, I did make a call. I have a friend who's on the coaching staff at Florida State, and they rave about this guy. And now after hearing what they were saying about him, I can see exactly why the Raptors picked him and chose him. And, and it makes sense to me. Al, it's funny. You, you said something there that really kind of resonated with me. Um, we had a lot of people uh, in the Twitter sphere upset 
that Jalen Suggs wasn't picked. And it, it, it made me chuckle. It brought me back to the very first ever Raptors draft when uh, Ed O'Bannon had just come off national TV, winning the title with Jim Herrick in UCLA. And, and, and everybody wanted Ed O'Bannon and the Raptors chose Stoudemire and people booed and, and, you know, they forget that Damon was in the final four of the year before, and he turned out to be rookie of the year. Uh, there's more to it than meets the eye, Al. I mean, there's, there, there's dinners, there's character. And, and, you know, we always talk about, like, when I get a Villanova kid that's played for Jay Wright or played for Roley, I know the character. I know what kind of kid I'm getting. I know that Marquette, when Buzz was there, I got grinders. Like, you know what kind of program uh, puts out a certain type of kid. And Leonard Hamilton's program does that. I mean, you look at those guys, and people were upset, but there's way more to this than we see. Yeah, no, for sure. And real quick, real quick, uh, Jonesy, I got I to gotta throw Steve Lapis in there. Steve, to kill me. That was, yes, that was my coach yes. Nova. In, oh, in I forgot. And, uh, <laughs> he was in between. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. You're right. You know the character. You know, you know what you're getting. And the one piece you do not know you get is – how they can perform. You can see in college, but it's a big jump from college to pros. But the character, their background, their attitudes, those things are the things you find out through the interview process, through the time you spend, through your all your homework you're collecting, all the information, all the intel. So you really have to dive deep into all of those things. And us as fans and spectators, we know what we want and what we like. And even as my experience as a scout, um, with the Raptors and the Sixers, like you tie, you put so much energy into a player or you like them emotionally, you get tied to them, you hear information and you want your team to draft those people. But sometimes those picks aren't the fit and it's, it doesn't go into the long-term plan. Sometimes a short-term plan or whatever the case may be. So that's selection. And it's, and it's no guarantees is it's no, it's Never no is. equation is nothing behind it that can you know, is no guarantees behind it. So that's that's the other part. So we as fans, we're going to boo, we're going to be upset. And then guess what? Five years later, that person may pan out who we like. Now we're the, we're the experts. But it's so far from that that exact. Like I said, there's no equation behind selecting the right person. Speaking with Alvin Williams, and, and quickly before I get into hate mail, uh, I have to correct what I said earlier when I said 45 inches. If the man can stretch his thumb and his finger 45 inches, then then he's a yeah. he's a giant. That, yeah, that was that was I was I was listening. I was like, wow. I'm thinking I must be mixing up my centimeters and my inches. I'm not a very smart man sometimes, Alvin. It's pretty obvious. But if if, if there's anybody out there that can stretch their thumb and their 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 pinky finger 45 inches, then you know contact me because I'll quit my job right now and become your agent. Um, Al, tell me if I'm I'm I'm, I'm being too like uh, too philosophical, too too kind of like uh, lovey dovey with a with this type of analysis. When I listen to Scotty Barnes, I've never met the dude. I've I've listened to a a six minute press conference Zoom call last night and a ten minute one today, and I've seen clips of him on the Raptors handle and and maybe in pre draft uh, interviews and whatnot. So that's all I know about the guy in terms of his personality. He seems to come across as an extremely high energy, positive, likable guy with the right attitude. And how much, especially as a youngster, let alone just as a human being. How much can the right attitude make coming into a game, a locker room, uh, 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 the the plane, around the team, and just having that type of mindset and not just being an a-hole or, or being a 
curmudgeon or having a chip on the shoulder. He just seems like a likable dude that you want to pull for. No, that's it. And I mentioned that I talked to one of the coaches there and exact the same thing. It's great guy, winning attitude, turns defense into offense, comes with energy. And when he was saying it, I'm thinking of back in our day of a JYD, right? Like a JYD bringing that. And although JYD may not have averaged 20 points or whatever, the energy that he brought every day, the attitude that he brought every day, those things in a locker room from the start. Because before you go into the court, you got to start in the locker room. Then you got to go to the practice. Then you got to go to the court. So those things, that can help shape a team. That attitude, if you have 12, 15 guys, maybe 17 guys coming in and out, and all of those different egos, all those different reputations, all of these things, because every day something can bring something different. But if you have a consistent energy, personality, attitude, that can carry a team so far. And coaches, GMs, execs, owners, they know the value of coming to work every day. We all do know the value of coming to work every day with somebody you want to be next to. So that starts right there. So you can never undervalue that aspect. And then the basketball, that'll take care of itself. Still a young guy, whatever the case may be. But everything you heard and you, you're not lovey-dovey, you're not anything, those things are very critical and, and, and it's appreciated. And I think it should be considered when you are having these type of draft picks, especially early on. Al, so how much goes into that? Take us through your draft time because we know there's, I mean, there's everything from psychological profiles to dinners. Um, they watch how you treat uh, the ball boy, the office assistant, the parking attendant, like all, like all, all of those things. I, I heard a crazy story when I, you know, as a basketball guy that um, back in when Dean Smith was coaching the Olympic team, he asked guys something simple. Uh, when it was time for a drink, to walk to the water fountain. And he paid attention to who listened to him on something simple like that and who blew him off. And, and he was registering those things. Talk to me about the more than meets the eye stuff, Al, because you've been through it and they've been watching you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know my when I was getting drafted, my dad suggested, and I had, you know, I had, I had an advantage because my dad was involved in sports. So I remember going to the draft, the workouts. My dad always made me wear a jacket and a tie. You know, coming out of coming out of college, you're like, you don't want to wear a jacket and a tie. Like I don't, I don't even know how to tie a tie. So <laughs> I remember him saying, "This is a job interview. You have to conduct yourself a certain way." The other piece, character, all the respect, that was always there. That was the way I was raised. But there is so much more that they look at. And if you're not that special player, if you're not LeBron James. You have to do the other things. You have to prove a point. It's an interview. You're trying to achieve a lifelong dream. So, hey, whatever I need to do, if I'm going to walk to the water fountain, if I'm going to wear this tie, whether it's a clip on, whatever, if I can do this and it can guarantee me an opportunity to fulfill a dream, then I'm going to do it. And I think when you start putting that emphasis behind your goals and your attempt to achieve your goals, people have to pay respect. People have to do it. And I'll say even before me, after me, DeMar DeRozan was one of those guys. I remember once again being with the Raptors. DeMar DeRozan game wasn't polished. He wasn't a great shooter. He was quiet, but he was such a great listener, and his personality was so good. And that's why DeMar DeRozan is who he is today, because we've seen athletic people. We've seen people 
that play like DeMar, whatever the case would be. But DeMar's approach, his attitude, his character, and his respect level for people before him, this is the person he is. And I think all of those things, you've got to tie it in. You have to consider it. And more than often, those are the people that's going to be more successful, not just on the court, but in life. You see them getting coaching jobs. You see them getting executive jobs. You see them doing much more things outside of the sport. So that is very critical for those pieces when you're, when you're evaluating a player. Speaking with Alvin Williams. Alvin, uh, let's shift attention away from the Toronto Raptors. We've got a couple of minutes left with you. Uh, big, big deal yesterday. Let's let's even forget about the draft because everything else, I'm not going to say went as expected, but there weren't, I don't think, a huge amount of surprises beyond what the Raptors did. And, you know, kudos to all the guys that got drafted last night. I love I loved seeing Cade Cunningham embracing, uh, you know, the, the Pistons and going to the Motor City, et cetera. But prior to the draft, the blockbuster deal that goes down with Russell Westbrook being sent to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma, uh, Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harrell, uh, and the number 22 pick. What about this trade, Al, and then trying to project looking forward to next season with Russell Westbrook alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James? I think going into it, you know what you're getting. And that, that, that's the biggest thing. You know what you're getting from the individuals. Now the biggest thing is how do they marry? Like how do you connect these these three pieces? You know, we live in a game today where you have to have a big three big three, big three. And sometimes it doesn't always work. It's a lot of things that go into it. Lakers, we know they want to win championships. So is this the championships ingredients? Is this the, is this the equation for a championship? I'm not sure, but I do like from a standpoint, it will allow LeBron James to fall back a little bit. When you have someone like uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, who can be on go all the time. He has that energy. He brings a dimension to the team that he you're not going to get from anywhere else. He brings an attitude. He brings an approach. He brings an aggression. So I do like that combination of he, AD, the AD can stay healthy, and LeBron. But you need to have some shooters around, and that's the pieces that's going to come after. They have to figure that out. But I'm a guy that believes that where LeBron is in his career, Russell Westbrook could be a great piece for, for him to assist him being being finishing out his career. And I'm talking about finishing out his career. I'm talking about LeBron James. Al, is this an admission by the Lakers? Uh, maybe not openly LeBron, but hey man, I'm on like I'm on the fifteenth hole and I need uh, I need I need some help here. Um you know we've seen I mean, they won in the bubble, but the year before, LeBron got injured. They missed the playoffs. He got injured late this year. They missed the playoffs. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't have that gear that he used to. He just maybe he can't get there all the time. Is this an admission that, man, we need to help him? Because the Lakers were very active. I mean, you heard a lot of uh, rumors with the Lakers, and and if they're trying to get another chip for LeBron, he's how much help does he need? Yeah, I, I, I think it is. And if you look at it, two out of three years, LeBron James had substantial injuries. You know, the ankle injury, the groin injury. We haven't seen that from LeBron James. And with him being out as long as he's out with these injuries, every year the team has taken a dip. I'm not quite – I know they were in the playoffs. They were in the top four when he hurt his groin. And then, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. And then this year they were one – they were two or three. One, well, they were in the top three – when he hurt his ankle and they ended up having to play in a playing game. So LeBron James carries so much weight when he's not there, the team suffers. 
So if it's a case where a scenario, well, a scenario where LeBron James gets hurt, can you have a player that can carry the load along with the AD and things like that? So I think it is an admission at, at, from that standpoint. And you have to you have to face reality. You know, no one's going to play at that level of LeBron James carry teams, you know, that much longer. It hasn't been done. He's already exceeded anything that we've already seen. So I agree with you right there, Jonesy. And, and, and Russell Westbrook, if he's not, that person to do it he definitely will bring the energy he definitely will bring the force and he brings that respect level that will make a team be elevated to some degree al i was gonna let you go here but before before i do um listen i'm not sure that anything has changed but i'll ask the question anyways in case we don't get a chance to ask you again before things get real bonkers next week what do you think happens with kyle lowry oh i just talked to kyle he said he's gonna retire man he said he doesn't want to go through it anymore. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. I'm here in Philly, and someone just told me he's he's asking to come to Philly, and I I don't know, man. I haven't I I've talked to Kyle early before he went on a little vacation. I haven't talked to him since. Punk hasn't called me back, so I don't know what's going on with him. I'm gonna check him about that, but I don't know. I think he's in a great position. Um, it seems like to me, anytime there's some type of uncertainty. He ends up back in Toronto. So my fingers are crossed. My fingers are crossed that, you know, the Toronto is the best landing place for him. I know he loves Toronto, but at the same time, he's looking for other things as well. So I have no clue to answer your question. I apologize for falling short on that on that answer. No, if you don't know, you don't know. Nothing to apologize for. Al, uh, Eric and I, and I, I think I speak for Eric, we want to thank you for all your time uh, that you've been available to us. Not that, not that these conversations are going to stop. It just, it's just that the, the rest of the listeners ain't going to hear them. So we might have to get a little side hustle, a little pay-per-listen yep. <laughs> kind of thing with uh, Smith, Jones, and Williams, and we need one more in there to make it a law firm. How about dollars? Uh, hey, but... hey I, I like it. I like it. I, think, I appreciate you guys. You know, calling me, calling me, and inviting me to you guys because you know you just guys don't have a clue. Like sometimes being here, Philly, sometimes you get stuck, and when you get an opportunity where it's five or ten minutes, man, to talk to friends and talk to friends about something else we love, it's it's a it's it's a it's a bless it's a blessing. So I really appreciate you guys. Don't know what you do for me on these days where I get the call and say, "Can you are you available?" So I really appreciate it, man. Well, I hope to see in person, man. man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Al, all the soon. best, and all the best to the family, too. Same to you guys. Take care. All right, Al. There is Alvin Williams, a former Toronto Raptor, longtime NBA analyst at Sportsnet, and uh, we'll continue talking about last night's NBA draft as I had a chance to go one-on-one with Nick Nurse. We will play that interview for you when we continue, and we'll also keep our eye on the Toronto Blue Jays and Major League Baseball with uh, the MLB trade deadline today as well, counting down to also the first pitch at Rogers Center at 7 o'clock tonight. Oh, and yeah, if anything happens in hockey, we'll drop that knowledge and information to you as well. A very busy day on the final day of Smith & Jones right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Back on Smith & Jones, Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. Busy day today. 
Thanks again to Ben Nicholson-Smith for joining us to break down the Blue Jays' acquisition of Jose Barrios, giving up Austin Martin and Simeon Woods-Richardson, keeping an eye on the Jays to see if they do anything else before the deadline comes and goes as the Jays get set for KC tonight at 7 o'clock. And also thanks to Alvin Williams breaking down last night's NBA draft with the Toronto Raptors selecting Scotty Barnes number four last night. I had a chance to uh, catch up with head coach Nick Nurse one-on-one to discuss Scotty Barnes. Nick, you've talked at great length about versatile players, two-way players, and it would seem like you may have got, if not the best, certainly one of the best in this draft class. Why was Scotty Barnes the guy for this team, and, and how happy were you collectively to be able to pick this guy at number four? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty unique, Eric. I do. I think you know uh, you hit it on the head with your question. We like the athleticism, the ability to, to be multi-positional, uh, multifaceted, play both ends, right, is really important. Um, and then, and then he, you know, he kind of comes in and he's, he's uh, very engaging. He's, he's intelligent. Uh, you talk to his coaches and the people, you know, talk about how, how great a teammate and how, how good a attitude and how much energy he brings and has and things. So you kind of like, well, that's all that's kind of hard to pass up now that's not, he's not the perfect player and he's very young and all those kind of things. But there's sure a lot that points to a, a very talented guy that will be a system fit for us. You know, Nick, to, to that point, turning 20 years old in just a couple of days, I mean, obviously a great birthday present for him. Uh, I, read a, I read a quote going into this. Uh, Leonard Hamilton said, um, the, the, the cake is still in the oven, but it's rising quickly. How much do you expect this cake to rise and the, the talent that is there for this guy when he actually is fully cooked and ready to go? Well, I, t- I tell you what, it's really funny that Leonard said that because uh, Coach Hamilton, man, what a, what a great coach and great guy. But uh, one, of my, one of my better friends from Iowa was on his staff a long time ago. Um, and I talked to him, of course, and then, then, uh, coach Hamilton called me up. And by the time I got done with that phone call, um, he, he had a lot more of those kind of sayings and about 15 others. And then, and the praise that he was heaping on him, um, you know, it was, it was kind of, again, unique that he, he, uh, had a good moments or had good moments with the kid and a good season and a good, you know, he said he recruited him as a, like, you know, ninth grader and, He's known him a long time, even though only coached him one year. So I think that's good, man. You know, you want you want a coach to throw out all those uh, superlatives and, and be on his side, and, and especially such a great coach as, as Leonard Hamilton. You know, one of the things that stands out, Nick, as well, and, and I would assume that you must love this as, as a coach, is seeing a guy that came off the bench and as a sixth man, and he had opportunities, I'm sure, coming out of high school to go to other programs, to go to other schools where he might have been the star, might have been the guy, and he chose a program that was known for being a deep team and, and, and being a team that rolls out maybe 22, 25 minutes. You're not going to log heavy time. It's going to be about the collective unit, not about the individual. And he wanted that. And, yeah. and how much do you think that impacted him as a player, let alone clearly showing what kind of individual he is? Well, it's interesting uh, that you bring that up because one of the things that he told me when I was asking about, you know, how'd, you, how'd your college visits go and, and how'd you end up at Florida State? And he started going through all this stuff. And what he said was, I went to Florida State and it felt like the best team, like the best teammates and the best, you know, we, it just felt like a family. And it was a really easy choice for me in the end because that's what stood out for me the most. And that's what I wanted. So good question. Well, I, 
I appreciate that. You know? uh, when, when, you, when you look at him and, and just his attitude as well, and I know you might have touched on this just a couple of minutes ago briefly in, in saying he's just an infectious personality. He seems like a good guy. I've never met him. I've, I've, I've talked to him for three minutes on a, on a, on a Zoom call. Yeah. But he does seem like he's got that kind of energy, that enthusiasm, that he's the type of person you want to be around. And does that not only make you root for a guy, but make you want to coach a guy and think about how he's going to fit not just on your floor, but in your locker room and on your plane and just with the guys overall? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think most sports and and really basketball especially is so energy-based, right? There's The games are – a lot about energy practices or a lot about putting in your daily work each and every day, you know, 12 months, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a motor and you gotta have a full tank of gas. And that's important. I think, I think, um, it, and it helps the team in so many ways and it helps an individual get better in so many ways. So we'll see, but it sure seems like he's got, he's got high, he's high energy and goes, goes, goes. And that should, that should, um, should help him a lot. He's going to need to improve and, take some time and all that stuff. But if his, his energy levels uh, and work rate are going to be good, he should have success. Hey, Nick, I know he's only been a Toronto Raptor for a couple of hours. Uh, let, let's maybe ask this question again come training camp, let alone Sounds preseason good. and regular season, et cetera. But I'll still ask the question anyways. Are you kind of salivating at the possibilities, especially with your creativity and what you like to do of having a guy that's sort of positionless, can guard, guard multiple positions, play multiple positions, be out there alongside an OG or a Pascal and just the versatility overall that your lineup now has with yet another weapon? Yeah. I mean, we like players that play both ends and we like players that are versatile and we just try to keep coaching them so they can do all things. We like guys that can handle. We like guys that can play pick and roll. We like guys that can set pick and roll guys that can switch and guard on the perimeter guys that can switch and guard inside and everybody rebounds, right? Everybody chips in and rebounds. So I think, I think it's a good fit. There is Nick Nurse, head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Appreciate his time as I had a chance to uh, chat with him after the draft last night to uh, break down the acquisition, the number four selection of Scotty Barnes from Florida State, the uh, newest member of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Jonesy, uh, uh, again, I, I think this guy's got a chance to be really good and fit into the system the Raptors have. I guess as I spoke to Nick about with that versatility. Pick, um, you know, a long athletic uh, and, and, you know, I, I got into it with some of the people on Twitter yesterday when I said, give me a, you know, my, my formula for a complete player, right? Give me a, a, a willing teammate, uh, a, a, a guy who a defensive mindset, uh, you know, played, wants to play the game the right way, uh, plays for the team. Okay, his offense isn't great. I'll, I'll work on that. I, I'll have a complete player before a guy that drops 30 every night because I don't know if that guy wants to play the other end. I don't know if he wants to share. And, and people thought I was taking a shot at Jalen Suggs. I, I certainly was not. Jalen Suggs is going to have a huge impact with Orlando because he's young and, and that team is young and they're looking for a direction. But uh, I, I like this pick. I mean, I like this pick. And, it's, and like, let's see what it's like long term. You know, we, just as we talked to Alvin, sometimes people get caught up in the eye test and the short term. And Jalen Suggs is with Gonzaga, and they saw him in the Final Four. And I, I just, I, I'm willing to defer to the people that do this for a living and study every inch and leave no stone unturned to make sure they are getting the right person. That being said, it's still, uh, you know, an inexact science, but. Um, I, I like this pick. That's all I'll say. 
Let's uh, take the break. Thanks again to Nick Nurse for joining us on the show and uh, stepping aside for a couple of minutes to, uh, to, to chat with me last night to uh, discuss the acquisition, the draft selection of Scotty Barnes and uh, free agency about to begin in the uh, National Basketball Association next week and N, uh, excuse me, MLB trade deadline today. We've already had a big deal involving the Toronto Blue Jays and maybe more to come. And uh, if it happens in the next 15 minutes, we'll let you know. Otherwise, we've got you covered the rest of the day. With uh, writer's block at 2 o'clock, Baseball Central later today, 5-7, to seven, leading into the Jays down at Rogers Center, taking on the Royals at 7 o'clock. The final segment of Smith & Jones is next on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Back on Smith & Jones. Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. What a day it has been, and, uh, well, Jonesy, what a last 14 months it has been. Very busy day today with Major League Baseball trade deadline day. The Toronto Blue Jays going out and making a, a big-time trade, a significant trade. Jose Barrios coming from Minnesota. Austin Martin, Simeon Woods-Richardson going the other way. Ben Nicholson-Smith broke it down for us and uh, analyzed the whole thing as the Jays give up two big-time prospects in return for the two-time All-Star who is under contract for another year. And uh, the Jays clearly making a push for the postseason, whether it be the division, which is ooh, quite a ways off, but certainly that wild-card race. And uh, finally back home. Uh, at 7 o'clock tonight against the Kansas City Royals, back at Rogers Center for the first time in 670 days. Ben Wagner back on the Mike Moore baseball talk coming later today on Baseball Central at 5 o'clock and also next hour as well when Dan Schulman is on writer's block with Deitch and Ennis. Uh, so again, thanks to Ben Nicholson-Smith for joining us and Alvin Williams, Nick Nurse as well. And as I said, uh, busy day, busy last 14 months. This show, folks, is officially coming to an end today. We've mentioned it a couple times over the course of the week but not made a big deal about it because you know what? This show was only ever supposed to be, Jonesy, uh, sort of a, a temporary thing, a fill-in in a sense. Uh, when we had a conversation with our uh, now former boss, Dave Cadeau, back in, in, in like late May, early June last year, it was hey, can you guys come on the air and do a show for us? And we're thinking maybe just a one hour, and it's going to be a lot of basketball probably, but we want you to be able to talk baseball, hockey, football, tennis, golf, et cetera, hit it all. And just, I don't know, let's call it Smith & Jones, and you guys will just do an hour, and, 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 and we'll kind of tap into your knowledge and your chemistry and the years that you guys have worked together. And, and the first thing that we said was, well, yeah, but like, how long are we doing this for? And the answer yeah. was, yeah, it's kind of like, permanently temporary it's going to be three months it might be six months it might be nine months it might be 12 months and as it turns out it's 14 months but it was only ever supposed to be temporary this 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 fill-in in a sense because of covid and the pandemic and maybe the fact that the show is ending today is actually a positive sign that fingers crossed i know some numbers are starting to rise a bit and i know that delta variant is flying around out there but the fact that the Jays are back home. We think that the, the Raptors and the Leafs are going to be back home and all the other Canadian uh, hockey franchises, etc. And the fact that some normalcy is starting to return feels like we're starting to kind of turn a little bit of a corner and getting a little bit more normal in the world in general, which means a little bit more of a normal world for the station and for you and I in that Smith & Jones might not be on the air Monday to Friday, 1 to 2 anymore, but we're still going to be very busy with the Raptors season coming up. We're still going to be busy with NBA coverage and Raptors coverage and everything else, and now we get to maybe step back again, uh, let go of our little temporary show that we had, uh, allow the station to get back to doing its regular thing, and you and I get some time off to go work on our terrible golf games. Well, Eric, and, and I'll say this to all our listeners, uh, it, it's, it's great interacting. You know, you and I will still – be doing that, uh, you know, in social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, that like that's not going to stop. 
but it, it, it was it was great. Um, you know, to use to use the sports analogy, it was ba- it was great being called in off the bench. You know, that's that's what it was. Uh, and and they they tapped us on the shoulder and said, "Get in there, you know, get in there, guard somebody, make a shot, play defense, rebound." And you know, you kind of get in there and you do it, and you look to the bench and they say, "No, keep going, keep going." So keep playing, yeah, keep playing. And and you know, I, I guess we're maybe seceding to the starters now, <laughs> to to the, to the starters that is the regular form, fingers crossed, of uh, of life as we know it uh, for the station, uh, for sports teams, hopefully for people in their in their everyday lives as they you know the vaccinations uh, rates rise and and you know we're we're still being careful with everything, but um, you know I, I really enjoyed doing the show i really enjoyed interacting with our listeners um uh you know our partnership is you know it's been 20 plus years i don't know we're finishing each other's sentences we think like each other it's kind of scary but and and i know you got a list but to all the people that were in the game with us setting screens diving for loose balls you know uh, taking passes making shots with us um you know it's it's great I, i i won't i won't i won't lie i will miss that part but uh, it means that we get a little bit of a break, and it means that things are going back to normal. Uh, it means that we'll still talk to people with our, our Raptors coverage, and uh, you know that that part of it is good. And, and uh, I enjoyed this, and, and like I said, uh, you know, thanks to the the, the people at uh, at Fan Five Ninety and Sportsnet for you know giving us this opportunity. Yeah, no, it's, it's been fantastic, and, and like I say, fourteen months. I, I didn't miss a show in fourteen months. I think you missed one. Uh, for some other prior commitments. So the fact that we were able to, to, to come on every single day and have this platform and, and maybe the best baseball analogy, Jonesy, and you, you said it best in terms of coming off the bench. We were like, we were, we were the one-two tandem of Garth Orge and Rance Mullinix back in the day, right? Like one of those two is getting tapped, and whether it's Rance Mullinix with the big goggles or Garth Orge with that bizarre, awkward stance in the box and the way he held the bat and with his swing, Garth Orge and Rance Mullinix here. We are, we are the Darnell Coles just coming off the bench for a yeah. second here and, and, and filling in. But as I say again, it's hopefully a sign that the world is getting a little bit more normal, that this permanently temporary show uh, is officially coming to an end here. And we are into our final minute. We do have to shout out a big-time thanks to our producer, who, by the way, took the last week off. Nice planning there on his part. Matt Marchese, and a huge shout-out as well to our crew. The guys have been holding it down at the station as well, doing the yeoman's work in the trenches. And Derek Brandeo and Lance Kennedy, many others subbed in, filled in, helped out over the course of the last uh, 14 months as well. Uh, Danielle, JR, Sam, uh, Bafo. Of course, today our man Ryan Fabro and, and and shout it again to uh, as Jonesy said to all the folks at uh, Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590, the fan from from Dave Cotto to Dan Toman to uh, Ryan Fabro and Jason Roson and, and Greg Sansoni and the rest. So uh, this is it, folks. But it's not it for us. We're going to be back in what four weeks, five weeks with a ton of Raptors coverage and a ton of NBA coverage on both TV and radio and. Uh, we ain't going anywhere. You can't get rid of us that easily. You just might not be here every day, but we're going to be around a lot and uh, look forward to doing much more in the uh, months and years to come right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to Smith & Jones.